What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 245th episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, SBJ, and with me today on this delightful Tuesday evening, our schedule's all messed up because of the holidays, I have somebody who hates Christmas. I have Will. I do hate Christmas, and really, I'm just hopefully desperately clinging to the to the hope that I will last another five days being the oldest member of this particular organization. Oldest as an age. Age and mind and wisdom. Yes. Five more days. Just let me get to 2017, dear Reaper. You, wait, you think you're going to die? Uh, look at the way things have been going, buddy. Oh, that's true. We, <laughs> it we has lost not a been a good scene. <laughs> Travis, uh, five-day wheeler is here. They call me that because... Uh... Oh boy, I can't even figure out why anyone would call anyone that. I guess they call me that because on Thursday things really start to go downhill for me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, something like that. This is a hodgepodge of an episode here. La- uh, last episode of 2016, a uh, bit of a special one. So if you were just joining us because you saw who the guest on this episode was, Justin Flynn. That uh, interview will be a little later in the show, I'm sure, in the notes of the episode. The exact timestamp will will be there somewhere. So if you are a new listener or if you're a newer listener, uh, this is a Pokemon podcast that focuses on pretty much all aspects of Pokemon. Very general, very chill. We've been doing this for over six years here. And this is your normal crew of Travis, Will, and myself. The flow of the show usually starts off with some off-topic, off-topic, topic, off-ness. You, uh, are you okay? And y- yep, yep. And then we move on to some Pokemon news. We usually have some sort of topic of the week, which we're going to be putting that into the interview with the Justin Flynn. And uh, then we, if we have time, we do some emails and or we always end the show with Pokemon of the week. So that's just the basic flow I know. We've seen some new listeners recently with our series uh, on Pokemon Sun and Moon that we did our 13-episode series uh, when that game came out. So, uh, like the last couple episodes, just want to give the blanket statement that we're into spoiler-free... Wait, no. We're not spoiler-free. We're the opposite of spoiler-free. We will... All is on the table for Sun and Moon except for post-game. We are not talking about post-game yet, but... I got some news to run down and stuff, but before that, how was your guys' holiday breaks? I'll go, I'll go first. I got to hang out with my family. We played a lot of board games. It's kind of just what the wheelers do. What'd you play? What, was, what, was on the, what, what hit the table? Ooh, okay. Uh, so do you know Ra? It's like an auction game. Um, it's, very, it's a very, very simple game, so we played that with like a pretty big group. Um, then we played Trajan, which is like a... It's like a Euro game, so like not a lot of player interaction or, or competition, really, but sort of like you're individually trying to uh, rack up points. Then we played, uh, I played Dead of Winter, which is like a zombie cooperative survival thing. I've played Dead of Winter. The game is pretty good. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I don't love it, but it's pretty all right. And then I, play, I bought the, I got a Steam gift card for Christmas, so I bought the Jackbox Party Pack 3 with that, and we were playing all those games too, which are kind of board games. Yeah, Jackbox is like the the crossover from board game to video game, or vice versa. Is that the one that has yep. TKO? 
Yeah, correct. Ah, yep. I love that game. <laughs> did did you TKO it with your family, Travis? Uh, we did play TKO. Yeah, was it a, was it a hit or did it fall flat? Oh yeah, no, everyone loved it. It's great. I just I can't imagine playing that game with parents. Well, you just don't. You just you know you don't draw genitalia when you're doing it with your parents. That's all you need <laughs> oh, to do. Nice <laughs> use of that word. The uh, the key Thank difference. <laughs> the key. Well, it sounds like you had a pretty pretty all right holiday. I did. All right, Will. How was how was the hating on Christmas? How'd that pan out I for you? I did not hate on Christmas. My mother is here visiting. She came up the day before Christmas Eve, and uh, we went to the Franciscans of the Holy Land Monastery on Saturday night for uh, Christmas Vigil Mass, which was very beautiful because that is a overlooked gem in Washington, D.C. Beautiful land uh, on a high hill that you can see the entire city, and they had all these like votives. I took a picture. You saw the picture. It's very pretty, and it's very pretty mm-hmm. on the inside, too. So that was nice. And then Christmas Day, we like didn't really do anything. Um, and then we went to Founding Farmers, which is uh, supposed to be the best restaurant in D.C. right now. It's like the most like in demand, hard to get into restaurant. And the food was really good. But I think I would have rather have had my Christmas dinner someplace else. And then, uh, yeah, for the past couple of days, we've just been like eating bad food and doing our normal stuff. Like today we went to the Chinese grocery store, which is something I always do when my mom comes to visit so we can get our Chinese groceries, you know, like people do. Right. Yeah. I've, I've always wanted to do the go out and get something to eat on Christmas, but I never know what's open and what's not open. And like the, the last thing you want to do, right, is to get into your car and just aimlessly drive on Christmas day. First off, you make a reservation ahead of time. All right. Go to opentable.com <laughs> and make sure you have a reservation. Second, any restaurant where dinner for two is most likely going to be come to over $100, they will be open and they will be having a special Christmas dinner. That sounds like the path I want to go down in the future. Yes. Oh, I highly recommend it. Every time, like, yeah, every time my mom comes to visit me and sometimes when I go to her house for Christmas, we always eat out. Do not bother cooking on Christmas dinner. Because and you know what? Don't feel bad for the people who are being waiters and stuff. They're getting some big Christmas tips. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. they're making the money. I, I feel no guilt about it. And it's like the one time of year where I usually go to a really fancy restaurant and get some really fancy food. Or they now, could just be Jewish and the day doesn't matter to them anyways. Uh, Jewish or Chinese. That's that's typically, you know, Jewish people actually typically order Chinese on Christmas. But um, yeah, that's like I mean, a that's like a weird uh, like cross-cultural tradition. I, I've heard of that, too, because it's like two the two groups don't celebrate the holiday. So this weird camaraderie is was which, created. Out of, so yeah. If you want to hear an interesting and funny story and I can't remember, there is a book that actually describes this. Um, I can't remember the name of the author or the name of the book, but one of the largest Chinese and Jewish communities in the country is north of Washington, D.C., around Rockville, Maryland. And in that community, the Jewish people do not interact with the Chinese people because there was one restaurant that lied about their meat wow. kosher. Wow. <laughs> 
And it's like literally like this huge Jewish population and this huge Chinese population. You'd think those restaurants would be hopping on Christmas Day, but mm-mm-mm. No, never forgiven. <laughs> I don't know. That may be apocryphal, but I've had that story told to me. There's a part in that uh, there's a part in that fortune cookie documentary where they talk about the the Jewish and Chinese connection. It's a really good movie. <laughs> Since we're talking about food, have I ever told my my pizza story on on the show? I don't think I have. Which you're about to. You eat pizza three times a week. You've got many pizza stories. No. Well, well, when I tell it, there's only really one pizza. I I told the story recently at at Christmas because my parents came over, and I'm not a big fan of my parents. I think I've I've said this before in the show. And hey, that's not true. You like your mom a lot. Uh you're you're exaggerating that a bit. I mean, my mom's okay, but uh, you know, trying to make the table laugh or you know cheer everyone up not that it was grim or anything but it's like okay we're all sitting at the dinner table let's you know try to talk about something that isn't like politics or or anything that would be a downer right my pizza story is i made a DiGiorno in the oven right because it's not delivery and so i made the DiGiorno. i'm getting ready to watch wrestling i actually believe it was a monday night and so you know i go into the kitchen i turn off the alexa i, I put three slices on a plate and i come back and I set the pizza down on the couch, obviously on a plate. And then I realized that I forgot a can of Dr. Pepper. So I'm back to the kitchen, grabbed a can of soda, came back into the living room, and I see my cat like trying to eat the pizza, my cat Sinnoh. Because Sinnoh will eat a- anything. He's all about food. Food is number one in his life. And so he's trying to eat the pizza. I, like, I swat him away. I sit down and I realize that I left my PlayStation 4 controller in the kitchen when I went to go get the soda or the pizza. At one point, the controller's not there. So I get back up, go to the kitchen, get the controller, come back, and I sit down. And I'm adjusting the place because I I use my PlayStation to watch TV. And I crack open the soda, take a swig. The reboot of the Paranormal Activity franchise takes a really long time (laughs) to get started. This guy has just been eating food and, and, and moving his cats for 20 minutes. Get to the story. <laughs> and so I, I, you know, get the channel situated, open the can of soda I'm drinking. I'm looking around and I go, where did I, didn't I have a pizza? And I was like, oh, I must have left it in the kitchen. And I was like, okay, well, I'll get up in a second. About 30 to 40 seconds into this, I go, why is my butt really warm? Oh. And I realized... <laughs> Oh no! I no, realize we know what you realize is you don't have to say it out loud. <laughs> I realize oh. I was sitting on my pizza. So the 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 real problem oh. with this story, there are two core problems <laughs> with this story. Number one, Steve, you're you're such a freak about your furniture that you must have gotten to immediate meltdown at the thought that there would be pizza goo on your couch. Uh, and there was two, a lot of thoughts that went through my head. <laughs> yeah. And number two, oh, and your your fancy jeans that you never put in the washing machine because you only put I, them in the that's freezer. That's what I was going to say. And number two, if you just had a little bit of booty, you would have felt that a lot sooner. <laughs> you you just got no meat on your bones. Let me tell yeah, you. That's the real moral of the story. <laughs> let me tell you, as soon as I stood up, 
My cat knew where the pizza was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How does a human being sit on a piping hot DiGiorno <laughs> and not immediately notice? Well, he's got those jeans on. They're pretty thick. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wear some thick denim, Travis. <laughs> and he's only got bone back there. Is there like is there like a uh, are they like lead lines? Like <laughs> I don't care how thick your jeans are, you're gonna know when you sit down on a literal pizza. Oh, let's get to the Pokemon. It was it was. I'm, I'm glad I was able to share that story. All right, let's get to the Pokemon. I have a couple news articles. Let's start off with some Pokemon Go. Uh, Pokemon Go update fixes vibration, tweets, day and night modes. A new update for Pokemon Go is currently being rolled out. At this point, it should have already been rolled out here. Uh, The update fixes a bug that caused incorrect vibration notifications. It also tweaks tweaks the day and night cycle to better reflect the time of day in the player's location. Also, don't forget we got minor text fixes with that, like we always do. Oh, also a, a new story I didn't pull is Pokemon Go came out for the Apple Watch. I think it was last week we reported on possible rumors of the Apple Watch version being canceled. Lo and behold, not even seven days later, the Apple Watch version of Pokemon Go came out. Yeah, notice how nobody like lauded and exclaimed about how Will Anderson was right when he was saying, like, they wouldn't have said that at the Apple thing if it wasn't real, and this is a load of baloney. Ah. <sighs> Whatever. Nah, I mean, you, you were right. I, I thought it was it was such a weird story to report on because it really came out of nowhere. And then Niantic was very quickly to say, like, oh, no, we're still working on it. And then just release it without, like, any... Like, whoever wrote that tweet of we're still working on it, they couldn't say, like, by the way, it'll be out in four days. I don't see how that benefited from, like, a surprise release. But I don't know. It's whatever. It's broken. It doesn't work. I have an Apple Watch. I think it's incredibly clear, at least to me, that there is not a single calm day in the office of offices of Niantic, right? <laughs> this is a small team that is making the biggest thing that has ever happened. And I frankly, I think they must just be in a constant state of panic, right? Like they're not making decisions that are, they don't have time to think of like, okay, what is the optimal way to phrase this tweet? Like they've got a game to make and there's like two of them. <laughs> yeah. Two, two whole people in all of Niantic. Yep. feel like right before Pokemon go came out, there was 14, but who knows if they, if they hired people, but uh, I, I did try it for the Apple watch. My Micah also tried it on the Apple watch. Micah has been on, i obviously on the Alola series that we did together. Uh, we both have various problems with it. it. The watch believes that your trainers is level zero all the time. And then when it eventually does sync to the proper level, what you can do is you can like start a workout, which is the common thing you can do on an Apple watch. Starting a workout on Pokemon go just means you're preparing to walk and the watch will handle your steps, which in terms will handle your eggs and it will also vibrate if there's a Pokestop or a Pokemon nearby. And it does give you the option to turn off those notifications for Pokemon or Pokestops. Like for me, I turned off Pokemon because I was in the mall and I really wanted to only be notif- notified when I got to Pokestops. In the mall, I think there were three Pokestops and they were on different ends. So 
felt like, okay, that's not that distracting. I'll just let it go. And multiple times the app just stopped and would completely restart, not remember the, the quote unquote workout that I started. So I was just better off start like opening up my phone, turning my phone upside down, which put it in power save mode and just keeping it in my back pocket to get my steps. Um, just because I wanted to hatch some eggs while I was, uh, Christmas shopping, but I still have not gotten the watch to work. There hasn't been an update since it debuted. So we'll, I'll report on that if, if it comes or becomes better. Do you have a, a series one or a series two? I have a, I used to have a series zero, but now I have a series one. So do you think it might work better on the series two? Uh, they're exactly the same. The only thing different, the only difference between a series one and a series two is the waterproofing. Oh, intriguing. Because Series 1 and Series 2 have twice as fast processors as Series 0, which was the original Apple Watch. Wow. All right. Yeah. And I don't swim, so uh, didn't need the waterproofing. (laughs) Hey, you've been in a hot tub. (laughs) Limited time holiday item packs are available in Pokemon Go from December 25th to December 30th. Special Great and Ultra Boxes are available. Items in these boxes include incubators, incense, Great Balls, and Ultra Balls. The Special Box costs 250 Poke Coins, which I think is $2.50, and contains 10 Great Balls and 2 Egg Incubators. The Great Box, contains five, which costs 550 Poke Coins, contains 20 Great Balls, 2 Incense, 4 Incubators. And the Ultra Box, the best deal for your money, uh, which is $15. It contains 20 Ultra Balls, 25 Incense, and 6 Egg Incubators. And I think Egg Incubators are 80 cents a piece. I think they're 80 Pokecoins. And then from December 30th to January 3rd, Bronze, Silver, and Gold Boxes will be available. They will include Incense, Lure Modules, Lucky Eggs, Pokeballs, and Great Balls. Those boxes... Oh, like, from, uh, like from Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Bronze version. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, those will cost... Uh, and $24.80 U.S. prices there. All right. I think think that was it for Pokemon Go. Let's talk about some Island Scan. Island Scan Global Mission is now live. I I don't know if you guys have uh, done this yet, but the second global mission for Pokemon Sun and Moon is now live. In this global mission, players have to defeat or catch Pokemon using the Island Scan function. The global mission runs until January 9th. If all players worldwide find a total of 1 million Pokemon using the island scan, all participants will receive 2,017 festival coins. Because, oh, I get it. Because in honor of oh, that's the a new lot. year. That uh, is a lot of festival coins. If oh, the goal is to do that. If the goal is not met, all participants will receive 217 festival coins. Participants will have to register their GameSync IDs at the Pokemon Global Link and will earn double festival coins uh, at the Global Link. Oh, if you register, you will earn double festival coins. So that would be 434 festival coins if not met. And so if the goal is met and you're registered, you will earn 4,034 festival coins. Well, we're all registered, right? Because we all did Battle of Alola. Uh, I registered. I didn't do uh, Battle of Alola, though, but I registered. Oh, then you didn't. You left those fifty battle points on the table. What? What can I buy with festival coins? You can upgrade your festival plaza so that you can get that one lottery that gives you bottle caps. Yeah, you get bottle caps. You get your. What can I do you, with like, bottle caps? Clo- oh, ski. S B J. You know I'm yeah, serious because so- I said your initials rather than your real name. 
You're wow. Supposed to, so you use the bottle caps for hyper training to adjust the IVs of your Pokemon once they have hit level 100. How many times can I do that though? Can I can I adjust the IVs to all of all my Pokemon with bottle caps? Yes. All right. That's yeah, you just point. need a lot of you just need a lot of bottle caps. I thought you could only get like one bottle cap a day. The old um, guy in the festival more, plaza is like, bring me, than, bring me red shards. And I was like, I don't want to bring you red shards. There are multiple sources of bottle caps. There's that guy. And then I think you also get them. Well, the lottery, the lottery stands do them. And you can have yeah, yeah. Uh, multiple lottery stands in your festival plaza. Oh, okay. Okay. And there's a fishing spot where you can fish them. You can just fish for bottle caps. All right. But can we get back to the real thing? Because nobody cares about bottle caps. And, and, and nobody's going to be doing that garbage. We're all going to get six IV dittos and breed that way. Um, wh <laughs> what is this island scan? Because I, I've i heard of it, and I don't know how it works. I don't know what you're supposed to do, and it sounds like an island scam to me. So I actually, hey. know, I actually know how this works. And, and also, it. didn't the first um, world competition thing completely fail, and weren't they supposed to start making them easier? Uh, yeah, I think it failed. I don't remember. I, I remember Irene doing it and like telling me to do it. And I was like, I haven't touched Festival Plaza. I'm not going to do this. But Island Scan is a way to one thing it does is it indexes the Pokemon in your Pokedex. So if you haven't seen like a Chansey and you scan the QR code, it will then show you if where Chansey would be in the Pokedex, right? Or in the in the world. So it's like, oh, Chansey is over by uh. 10 carat hill except it's not but that's just an example but if you island scan 10 things which you're allowed to do once every 24 hours a pokemon will appear in the world so like the very first day irene played moon she did her 10 island scans and then a litwick appeared after around the first trial so she was able to go and catch the litwick so when you do 10 you can hit a start button and then it shows you a silhouette of a Pokemon, and then it shows you where on the map that Pokemon could be, and you have one hour to go to that area, find that Pokemon, and catch it. Wow, and they want us to do a million of those? Well, a million for everyone. So if... So, like, either a million people catch one, or one person catches a million, or something in between. Right. Well, since they sold, like, seven million copies of the game, that would mean, like, as long as everyone did one... It should be very easy to hit this goal, but that's or probably if everyone did one seventh of one. Yes. Hmm. All right. So, okay, go on, go on. Yeah, I have the, more only, questions. the only other thing about the island scan is it works. So the island scan works on your location and your time of day. So for example, when I was on the second island, uh, well, not Ula Ula. Akala. Akala. Akali. Yeah. Now so Akalaka. When I was on the second island, I did my 10, or I didn't hit start for my island scan from the day before, so I hit start, and it was like, oh, here's a Gotharita, and this is where it is. And I was like, okay, so I rode my tortoise over there, caught the Gotharita, then I scanned 10 more, and I hit start, and it was a Gotharita again. And then the next day, I figured out that the island scan will always give you the same Pokemon, depending on what island you initiated on, and d whether it's night or day. So if you're looking for a Litwick, and also day also of the week, day of the week. yeah so it, that's why i got gotharita twice but if you're looking for a litwick i'm pretty sure it has to be like friday uh during the day on the first island and that will get you litwick and then if you do friday at night on the first island you get a different pokemon 
Okay, are, are these island scam Pokemons required for Pokedex completion? No. No? No. Really? No, they do not, they are not entered in the Alola Pokedex at all. Oh, I totally they have no thought they were. no entry in the Alola Dex. Nope. Huh. And oh. because of that, they're not even legal in VGC, I believe. What? Really? Wow. Yeah, you're not seeing channelers, you're not seeing whatever. Okay, um, so then also, uh, what, these codes, these QR codes that we're supposed to be scanning for our island scams, um, are they, like, I could just walk up to any QR code? Like, I'm looking no. at a box from Amazon right now, <laughs> and it has a QR code. Could I just scam that one? No, no, there was, uh, I don't know what where the official way to get them is, but there's a lot of, like, photo albums that just have every single QR code. It doesn't... Really, it doesn't matter which ones you scan, which Pokemon you scan. You just have to do 10 to start the island scan. Oh, because, you know, I, that's like the one page I turned to in the Uber manual that and it like had a dude scanning a QR code. And it really seemed to imply that you could scan any QR code and it would give you something like something would happen. He, was, no, he, he just he like looked scans- like he was being thrown back. No, it must be misleading then, because you have to scan specific codes for specific Pokemon, and even there are specific codes for the shiny versions of each Pokemon. Uh, I guarantee you it it is misleading, because I was misled. (laughs) There you have it. But the the press release that I just read that from had five QR codes to quote-unquote get you started. Well, dude, why aren't you sharing? If you go to our Slack, there's there's the ultimate list right there. It's I, all of them. Every Pokemon and Shiny, all in a row. You can just go down the list. Which channel? Uh, I think just Sun and Moon. Should be pinned. I'm not in that channel. Too many spoilers, dude. You, Have you, you still not you beat the, the game? You've beaten the game. I, I, I'm retro-spoilered. <laughs> I don't know. Spoiler alert, there's Pokemon in it. Like, what are you... Oh, no. <laughs> there, I gave you the link. There's all of them. You get a star. Harder, and it's either grass, fire, or water. Like the the sun and moon channel is not very spoilerly. Like there's a sun and moon spoilers channel for that reason. Well, yeah, all post game has, has stayed to the the sun and moon spoiler channel. Really? Because hey, whatever. I, I can't monitor it twenty four seven. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> my mom just started playing. I don't want to like be have her accidentally read Slack over my shoulder and then oh, have, have it spoiled. I'm sure that actually uh, that is there's the... actually a study that came out a few years ago that wasn't about video games, but it was about movies that found that people actually enjoyed films more if they were told all of the plot details beforehand. So even though we say we don't really like spoilers, our brains are so hardwired to like things that we've seen before that we tend to enjoy the experience more if we have the details already. Yeah, that research study was conducted by Jerks Association of America, <laughs> JAA. The Jerk Store of America. Ja. <laughs> All right, I got two more news articles here. Uh, the Pokemon Oceana, Oceana International Championships to be held in Melbourne. This is the next international championships. The first ones were in, what, somewhere in Europe? Britain? Yes. Yeah, one of those places. International championships will be held in Melbourne, Australia from March 10th to the 12th. This will be held at Melbourne Park Function Center, the same location. The Australian Pokemon National Championships were held in 2015 and 2016. The events followed the recent European International Championships that were held in London from December 9th to 11th. 
This will be the second international championship. Uh, international, international championships will also be held in North America and South America, although no further details are known about those tournaments. A video comp- game competition will use Pokemon Sun and Moon, and players in the TCG will be using standard format, including cards from the upcoming TCG Sun and Moon expansion. If uh, you're one of our Australian listeners and you're near Melbourne, which I think is on the e- west side of... Uh, no, I'm pretty sure Melbourne is uh, all the way down in the south and on the eastern side. East? North? East. East, right oh, is Oh, wait, east. no, Sydney is on the west, right? No, nothing's on the west. Nothing's on the west? Nothing's on the west. Maybe Brisbane. No, Brisbane's in the northeast. Isn't is Perth? west oh nobody cares about perth <laughs> isn't it on the west though i don't even think be. we have like a listener in perth well yeah nobody lives in perth um, do they have internet in perth what if you live in perth and you want to go I, to uh, melbourne that's a you, that's a then trek you, then you call your local dingo and hitch a rope to it and sled dog it across oh, the country I, I nailed that perth is on the west also nice if, job uh, if listeners would like to email us about or like to contact us about um, the pronunciation of the city uh, in which this event is taking place, uh, you can send those complaints to at Cinnabon on Twitter. <laughs> That's evil. <sighs> Melbourne, Melbourne. No, yeah, because then because then Australians are say, will say you're saying it wrong because you're pronouncing the R too hard. And then if you don't do that, then Americans will be like, why aren't you pronouncing the R? It's just okay. it's, it's it's a death trap. That let's, word. Let's don't just, say it. Let's wait. From now on, we will refer to it as that one big city in Australia that's between Adelaide and Sydney. I think we can say Adelaide pretty clearly and Sydney pretty clearly. So, yeah, it's we're the one that's on those. between those two. You're asking a lot for me. When it comes you could to say Adelaide, isn't that your sister's name? What? No. Oh my! You <laughs> <laughs> acted all offended. Like I really meant that. How dare you imply that I have a sister named Adelaide? <laughs> we uh, know all of your sisters and brothers start their names start with S. So obviously your sister is Sydney. Yes, yeah, that is. Yep, yep. Or Savannah, either one. There's no Savannah in Australia. Not with that attitude. Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Pokemon TCG expansion tournament. Legality change. Uh, After the new Pokemon TCG expansion launches, there will be a brief waiting period before cards can be used in the Play Pokemon competition. Starting with the Sun and Moon expansion, which will be which will be released on February third, there is a waiting period. The this waiting period has changed. There are also several other minor tweaks that have been made to the card legality schedule. So, cards from the expansion will become legal on the third Friday of the same month the expansion was released. This me- this is such a dumb rule. This means that <laughs> cards from the Sun and Moon expansion will become legal on February 17th, 2017. Additionally, promotional cards, such as those found in Pokemon TCG boxes or collection, will be legal on the first or third Friday of the month after the product is released. And then here's an updated list on the legal ca- cards in the Play Pokemon rulebook. There you go. That's a real silly rule. I'm like, I get it. I get yeah, why. You need, you, you, you need like an Excel spreadsheet to figure out what TCG cards you're allowed to use on a given day. 
No, right. they'll, they'll release. They'll, they'll let they'll they'll do a release and say these cards are legal on this date. These cards actually, the TOs, the tournament organizers, are really the ones who are responsible for letting people know what cards are legal and aren't legal. But Steve, please do tell me why is this rule necessary? Why why the change? Because it used to be one week. No, it used to be they were valid on the day of the release. Uh Forward, well, right? sometimes sometimes it would be two weeks out though where they would release an expansion and then it was like okay like this expansion just came out but the tournament's tomorrow so they're not legal it just like caused a bunch of confusion because some some people would get the cards early and some people wouldn't and then like distributors wouldn't get them out on time but other distributors like sometimes you can go to like a walmart a week early and get the cards and then other times it's like well my walmart doesn't have the cards and they were supposed to really this is just to like make that more uniform across the board of like okay expansion comes out this day now we know exactly in three weeks they will become legal and that's going to be the same for everyone whereas before it was just like uh it'll be legal this day i don't know it's still kind of silly because it's like okay it's going to be legal the third friday of the same month when it's 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 almost like it's easter every three months and you got to figure out which sunday (laughs) you gotta gotta, welcome the easter bunny to your house like it's just you you have to calculate it based off of the first full moon after a certain date (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's just, yes uh, i mean i i would i enjoyed my time with the tcg i felt like i was pretty decent at it but boy talk about a game that changes their rules consistent like every single every three months there's like a new rule change i feel like gotta change it up man change it up yeah change it up i guess uh so yeah that's that's it for news what we'll do now is we'll take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll have the interview with Justin, a uh, really great guy. I recorded this interview about a week ago, so I don't, I don't think anything dramatic, dramatic happened in Pokemon. So hopefully the interview still, you know, holds up. Nothing, nothing weird or out of place should have been mentioned. So big thanks to him for coming on. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. We're, we mostly talk about like him hosting the Pokemon World Championships because he was one of the the commentators there. He also hosted the uh, Nintendo World Championships, which only happens like once every 20 years. And like his YouTube and Twitch stuff that uh, that he's been doing for a while, but recently stopped because he got ill. And we, t- we talk about that too. So uh, we'll be right back with that. And then after that, uh, we'll be back with our Pokemon of the week. And we are back from our break, and I am here. Last interview of 2016. I'm sure because of the magic of cutting and editing, I've already said who our guest is, but I'm here today with Justin Flynn. What up? Of, <laughs> of, of what, what are you? Are, are Justin Flynn of the internet. Well, I'm a YouTuber. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's a funny question, because uh, it's, it's always weird in, in the in this like new world of media right of digital media it's like am i a youtuber am i a streamer am i just a content creator yeah you know i'm a guy <laughs> <laughs> i'm a dude who likes games and talking to people so uh re- really i think where my uh 
career ended up was actually as more so an event host uh, towards like the, uh, the the end of it, I guess, or not really the end of it, or however you want to. Most say recent it, like, of it. Uh, yes, most recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. most recent things. I, I I really kind of switched over to. Uh, doing event type stuff so yeah i don't know what is that public speaker i don't freaking know <laughs> don't hit me with the hard ones right off the bat right. i don't know who i am right off the bat um <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of behind the scenes this interview has probably taken in the it's probably been two years in the works to get the, to make yeah. this happen i know i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a jerk i'm sorry i apologize i think i think everyone gets really busy I was uh, swamped, obviously, with all the different multiple releases or whatever, but I appreciate you asking, and I'm so stoked to, to be the... I didn't even know I was going to be the final interview, closing out 2016. I feel like that's too much pressure. Maybe get somebody else. I'm going <laughs> to... I'll be back next year. All right. We'll, yeah, we'll squeeze somebody else in. Yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> talked, oh, I want to say, almost two years ago, and, and right away it was like, yeah, let's do this, so then we got busy, and um, mad props to you. I, I will give you props, though, out of like everyone that I've reached out to and... You know, sometimes people just don't get back, and that's fine, and that's cool. Mm -hmm. But like time after time again, you would definitely reach out and say, "Hey, man, I want to do it. I'm just busy." Like you always kind of kept in touch, and that was that's super respectful and just great of of you to do that. I know hundreds of other people would just be too busy and just you know let that pass. Oh, it's all good, man. I'm I'm actually really excited. And to be and uh, to be honest, I, I I don't know if it's that I'm a nice guy or if it's that I just have like serious OCD when it comes to like responding to things. I'm like <laughs> must make sure all things are done at all times. All doors must be sealed. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, both being in the Pokemon realm, I I, I couldn't pass up the opportunity. Um, plus, I really love your logo, so. <laughs> that's really what drew me in i saw i actually saw it it was funny i don't know I, I, honestly this this is kind of what happened I, I saw it somewhere and i was like oh my god i was like that logo is so awesome and then i was like oh my gosh i'm supposed to uh do that podcast you know and i was like all right well i strung together a couple good days here so i think uh i can you know go on and answer some questions and hang out and talk and do things so yeah yeah that's what happened I try to make it as easy as possible for for all the the people who come on. Uh, but I got a I got a bunch of questions for you. Uh, let's Hit me. let's just start off with some sun and moon. Have you been playing it? Is that oh, I, you had? I know, Bro. I know. It was a dumb question. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I beat that game like day one. I think I might have. I think I I think I beat it on on Friday. I think it came out on a Friday, but I think I got it like Thursday night. And I want to say I beat it like that Friday night or morning or something it was i was done on friday are you so. were you are you the type of person that do you just powered through the main story wanted to get to the elite four and call it a day or i've ha I had such a fun time with the last with uh omega of alpha and omega i had such a fun time and so i was actually really looking forward to this and and i love the theme too of uh a, a, like a lola and like gen 7 and stuff i i felt like that the island and hawaiian kind of theme was so fun and it uh i didn't i didn't want to rush through it i kind of ended up rushing through it just so that i could um kind of like get to the team aspect and do some things like that but um i still enjoyed the story thoroughly i didn't believe me i didn't want to but i i just did it so i was like i, I must get to battling i must do it now <laughs> so that i unfortunately kind of played through quick but uh not like because i didn't want to enjoy the story or anything yeah totally i i get that it's it's like it I I kind of had that mindset of I want to get through it not because I'm not enjoying it but because I don't want anyone to spoil things for me so if I get through it on my own yeah then I'm in the clear 
I, I had to I had to get through quick too. That that does make sense because like realistically, like uh, people I guess in our position where like Pokemon is like super ingrained in our lives, we <laughs> with the second we touch Twitter, it's like game over, you know. So got definitely had to finish it for probably those reasons as well. I think that's why I had to beat something the other day. Oh, that's why I'm like rushing through Final Fantasy right now because I was like. I'm like, oh, I'm going to see something soon. I got to hurry up. But it's like such a long game and Pokemon just came out and I was just like, ah, yeah, totally, totally. Was there anything in in Sun and Moon that like stood out to you of just really uh, like a favorite new thing or just something that they did differently that you really liked or enjoyed or want to see future games move in that direction? Oh, man, that is an awesome question because I have an answer. It's not really an awesome. It's probably not an awesome answer, but I think that what they really did uh super well in this game was mixing up the gyms uh essentially right where instead of like having gyms you have these like challenges and then kahunas or it's like uh a couple different like layers to it right instead of just like i go to a gym and i beat the gym leader uh it just like really mix the game up a lot and then besides that uh, i just i i seriously i love team skull and i would be totally down for team skull to like make a, an appearance in future pokemon games <laughs> yeah i thought team skull had so much character in yes. in even the grunts, the admins to Guzma or Guzma or however people are saying his name. Yeah, I think Guzma. I'll go. Let's go Guzma. It was it was the grunts, especially like the 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 first trial where they they spoiler of course, but we've already oh, yeah. spoiled everything in Sun and Moon in this on the show. But <laughs> when you get that option of like oh, I don't remember you, and they get all, like, the grunts get mad that you forgot yeah. who they were. Like, that was when it was like, okay, you guys have character. That's great. Yeah, they, they really did show, like, uh, like less one-dimensional characteristics than, I think, past, like, uh, enemies did. But then there, the, also, the, the Skull Town, or what, I don't remember where the, where the location was. What is it called? Poe Town? Yeah, Poe Town. Because I think, <laughs> I, I think Poe in hawaiian means night okay okay uh well yeah it's uh it's really funny just like, have like no power and it's like graffiti everywhere and uh they're just they're just really funny i don't know like you said they have a lot of characters so i really love team skull and i really love the new like kahuna champion challenger challenge system uh so yeah it was, it was a lot of fun that was uh so refreshing to the series and uh, yeah that's what i really enjoyed about it all right, 180. What was something about Sun and Moon that you didn't like or something that maybe was in a past game that you were bummed out about that didn't come back? Oh, geez. That's a, that's a good question. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think of uh, what... Because uh, Pokemon... I, we, I said this on our last show. Pokemon's a lot like Final Fantasy in the, in the aspect of... Final Fantasy has a lot of things that, you know, are current in every game, like Chocobos or Moogles or whatever. Uh, and yeah. then they take stuff away, like Blitzball. Like, a lot of people like Blitzball, and that's only in 10. <laughs> and you can't get your futuristic, weird soccer game in any other Final Fantasy. Yeah, that's a good example. I also, Final Fantasy, I think the thing I obviously miss the most is the card game, but uh, there's other ways to uh, play it uh, besides Final Fantasy VIII. But um, the card game was always something I missed in, in other... Uh, in other um renditions of the series but uh as far as pokemon is concerned uh i can't remember exactly what it was that was something was like bothering me i think about like fly or something I, I guess they made it like a lot easier and you just had those like pokemon but i remember like using fly and just being kind of like or not it's not even fly anymore you know it's like weird how they just like give you these certain pokemon that like 
do these certain tasks the for Charizard you. I, ride yeah yeah so I, I kind of like the the uh, just like the flying aspect especially when you could like put it on different Pokemon and stuff like that and then uh, also it was really cool flying around in Alpha and Omega I mean that's like some some minor things I mean realistically I probably complain about this all the time so that's probably why I didn't bring it up initially but I always complain about the shiny hunting that's like something that's so important to me because i think it's one of the most difficult things to do in pokemon and they've just like made it easier and easier and easier in every gen and like easier to get shinies and easy like the not only is it easier to get them by like using their methods of finding them but like literally they have cut the number in half for like encounter rate so your shiny odds are like one in four thousand to start off with the bat then you get the shiny charm it like meant so much more to me when you know, you had an eight, one in 8,000 chance of like coming across a shiny Pokemon. Or if you had to use the radar and like chain and get a 40 chain, that was like super hard and insane to do. And not insane, I guess, but just still very difficult to like learn and uh, kind of took all that away. And they're just kind of like, well, sit here for a minute and uh, keep fainting that Pokemon and eventually a shiny one will show up. So <laughs> I guess that's probably like my biggest issue, but uh, more of like a side thing than it is any real like core component. Yeah, yeah. It, do you would you say like it it devalues the shiny that just that they're easier to find, or oh, is it just my the gosh. is it yeah. just the method that bothers you? Both. It's both. I mean, they, they, it's both because it, not, they've made it not only lowering the number has made it way too easy to encounter shinies, but then also making it so easy to find has just. I mean, if you want a shiny, you can get it. That's all I'm saying. It's like if you now, if you want it, all it takes is time but it doesn't take actually like skill or persistence it just takes time i guess it did before if you're just soft resetting but like people aren't gonna like a lot of people don't sit there and soft reset like three thousand times to find the shiny that they want but real dedicated shiny hunters could go out and through like serious difficulty attempt to find the shiny pokemon they were looking for uh you mentioned the the pokey radar and shiny mm -hmm. hunting that way uh so for me i i don't have the patience to sos battle yeah, huh. or 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 for the most part, shiny hut. But I get why people like it and 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 go down that avenue. Hmm. But a shiny always like seemed important or stood out to me when I encountered it in the in the random in the wild. Just like yeah, I'm going to the next gym. Oh my god, here's a shiny Psyduck. Like that is so exciting. And don't get me wrong, people get excited after chaining you know eighty uh, shelters in a row and they finally get a shiny. <laughs> but do you think that how do you fix that issue right how do you people want shinies but how do you give it to them without making it easy for everyone or boring for everyone else like it's almost like there's this fine balance yeah i i, I wish i had the answer i was completely happy with chaining in x and y i thought it was like were they were as close as possible to like nailing it possible there were some issues with it like kind of bugs where like you couldn't like reset the chain on the side of the grass and it would like cause errors or whatever yeah but uh either way i, I just prefer the difficulty and it also gave me something to do really post game besides battling like okay i could go through like the 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 battle thing or whatever it is where you try and battle like 50 times and win and stuff like th those are all easy if you just set your team up right and stuff but like the only real challenge besides battling with like other uh, trainers at post game was shiny hunting and so i felt like it really took one of those things away now i feel like all i have post game is battling hmm. yeah that's uh and you let's let's move into your to your youtube stuff because your last recent videos well you haven't published in a year but we'll get to that but your last couple of videos were all kind of shiny focused shiny hunting focus yeah 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 it was i think in uh alpha and omega yeah i just uh 
it was always important to me to get the information out. I think my my YouTube channel is always like super important to be informative. Uh, and I, I made, I think, like a how to find shiny Pokemon video for Alpha and Omega. And that was like some of my, I think, final content besides a little bit of uh, practice uh, leading up into commentating the world championships, I think. Okay, okay. How did... So let's start from the beginning then. How did that YouTube career start off? Because when I initially discovered you, when I found out about you, and this was maybe leading up to the world championship stuff, because you did commentate for more stuff than besides the Pokemon world championship. But Mm -hmm. like I discovered your YouTube channel and I fell upon that and uh, came across all your videos. And I think I even saw you and Jay Witz talking on Twitter. Oh, yeah. And stuff. And I was like, okay, like. He's one of the Pokemon guys, like, right? You, you probably yeah. know the other Pokemon YouTubers that are big and stuff. Mm-hmm. I hate all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but how, like, how did you get into that? Like, where did your YouTube career start? Uh, well, I've been making YouTube videos since, like, 2007, because I was actually in a couple bands that released, like, music videos and stuff. And uh, feel free to check that out if you want. Um, it's called She Turned Us Into Trees. Yeah, check that out. I know it's a long one, but... Uh, don't worry about that. It's not that important. I'm just telling <laughs> you uh, because that's just uh, my history there. Um, simply because like when you hear me say something like I started doing YouTube 10 years ago, that's kind of weird, right? Because not a lot of people were making content. I think I even started in 2006 might be my very first upload. So yeah, you can check that out. It's pretty crazy. But um, like obviously things didn't really start picking up until Pokemon came out. But prior to that, I had obviously acquired a Uh, 3ds capture card and started making animal crossing content and as soon as sun and moon came out or not (laughs) (laughs) from animal uh, crossing to sun and moon yeah right complete story um yeah forget all that in between stuff it's not important but as soon as um x and y dropped you know i was probably one of the first channels putting content out uh because now i think not a lot of people had capture cards at the time and so uh, that's that's really it. I mean, uh, I just had battles there and shiny hunting stuff. I, I mean, I think it really took off with shiny hunting, to be honest, because not many people really under understood it, and there weren't great tutorials out there. And I and I put out some really good early stuff. I think that helped a lot of people. <laughs> I was just tooting my own heart. Really good, just really good content is what <laughs> I was making. I just put out some tutorials. You know, I think it was totally missing, like from YouTube. No one knew how to shiny hunt in X and Y. And, and not very many people were doing it really because you had to beat the game and then it was hard to get like the radar and then no one understood like the concepts of it. So yeah, that's really where it started. And then I moved into battling uh, right after that because obviously if people are like watching you, they're like, why don't you battle, Flynn? Are you going to battle? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how all this fancy stuff works. Doubles, what's that? And uh, so then I started doing that and yeah. And uh, everything kind of just was going up and up and up from there. At least uh, in what you described, there didn't seem to be any, like you weren't big before that. And that, that's not to like put you down or like, oh, you were nothing prior to that. But wow, dude. it was. Burn. <laughs> I, but... I need that burn heal, dude. Burn heal, quick. <laughs> mom, burn heal, mom. No, I just, I just want to understand, like, no, it was no, almost okay. like a, a right time, right time and place with the shiny stuff. Like you said, you we're probably one of the first with the capture card. You were putting out the content. No one else really grabbed that market. Like if I go on YouTube right now, I can find hundreds, if not thousands of people with shiny videos, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Lots of really great, diverse content on YouTube nowadays. <laughs> everyone's really uh, carving their unique, uh, you know, unique place on there. So no, sar- <laughs> no sarcasm at all. 
So when you were doing your YouTube stuff, did you have like another full-time job or was like YouTube your job? Um, so I didn't have like a full-time job, but I was working for my friend's uh, t-shirt printing place. Like I'm, I, I'm older than a, a lot. <laughs> Secrets <laughs> out. Secrets out, guys. We're just uh, getting the full scoop on you here. Yeah. Oh, God. I I used to joke around a lot on my stream and uh when I when I had a when I'd have like birthdays and stuff uh you know and I'd kind of like celebrate them on stream or whatever um I'd be like well turned 18 again for the you know the 12th time and stuff like that and uh you know everyone would get a big kick out it a kick out of it uh because I'm clearly uh not 18 uh, I'm actually about to turn 33 uh you know if I make it another uh month but uh yeah, so I had been kind of working all my life, and uh, and I kind of took a break all, all my life, whatever. I worked for like, I don't know, 12 years or something, and then I kind of took a little um, break when I worked at Apple, and I was like, I don't like this place anymore, so I'm going to quit. Burned a couple computers down, I'm sure. <laughs> Set some things on fire. Yeah, yeah, I worked I worked at Apple in uh, here in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Uh, Nevada. You can come see me at my house. Address two four three nine three. I was like giving all my information. <laughs> the worst. All right. So uh, we know he really started here. He's thirty three. Worked at Apple. All right. Yeah. Find find you, everything about me. Um, you know listening. my name already. <laughs> if you keep listening, Justin will reveal his social security number at the end of this. <laughs> A credit card coming soon. Um, yeah, so I worked, I worked at Apple. I, I bailed on that job because I didn't, I didn't really like it. And then, uh, I started working at my friend's t-shirt shop. I was just doing part-time there, like real easy stuff. I was like, I, I was like, Hey man, I need a job, but I can't do anything too serious right now. I think I just like need to take a break from working. Cause I've been working since I was 16. I worked in, well, since I was 16 in high school. Um, and then like whatever, about 12 years straight until even through college and everything. So I, I never really had a, like a single second off, like no summers, no anything. So I think I was like kind of burned out on working. So I just took a quick part-time job. And while I was doing that, I'd always been interested in video games and streaming was a really relatively new thing. So I was just like, oh, this I had streamed on actually Justin TV before. Then I just started playing video games on, on Twitch. Yeah, that's what I... That's what I did while I was working. And so I would work like during the day until about noon. And then I would stream from about, I don't know, like one until midnight ish. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. If you look at my old streams, they're like all 12 hours long every day. That is dedication. So you did a bunch of YouTube content and then you started doing the Twitch content. Was there a, mm -hmm. did that roll over? Did that seem like an easy transition? I feel like a lot of YouTubers now are Twitch streamers. Yeah, I, I uh, well, I technically started on YouTube, but I, I really didn't start uploading, I think, video game content to YouTube until I started using Twitch. So it, it made it kind of easy, though. If I, like, streamed on Twitch, then I could just, like, cut the video and then put it on YouTube. So a lot of the stuff that I actually shot for YouTube was shot live, and then I would kind of do it in, like, a YouTube manner where I was, like, addressing dual audiences, I guess. But yeah, it was it was it, yeah, it was really easy and and awesome. It, they they work really well together because some people don't have time to like watch you live and they just want to watch something on demand. And especially like they don't want to watch for maybe like four hours. They just want to see like one or two of like the best battles you had that day because they have thirty minutes to watch. You know, so it's it's cool. Both platforms are really uh, awesome and work hand in hand. Some awesome. Now you let let's let's get to know more about you since we already opened that door. But yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I opened it pretty wide. <laughs> yeah go so what's up but you you pretty much kind of stopped uh all youtube and all twitch now i shouldn't say all because i've seen you stream recently a couple times but you had some medical issues 
Yeah, I um uh well, I mean, I've kind of had medical issues all my life, but I think that with age, um it's just kind of like ramped up a little bit recently and yeah, about a year ago, uh, I started getting like really just super like crazy tired, super super sick like all the time and and I was wondering like kind of what was going on. I've just always felt drained. And I, I had had, a, I've always, my whole life, I've had a, like a hole in my heart, but unfortunately, like things kind of like ramped up recently. Um, and so I've been like doing a bunch of tests and doctors are trying to figure it out. And then like, uh, unfortunately, I've been experiencing like a lot of like numbness and stuff and on the left side of my face and in my hands and in my legs. And so there, everyone's just kind of like really worried right now about like potential stroke and, and blood flow issues. So it's been really difficult, I think, for me to kind of sit in front of a computer for three hours, you know, and, and, and be at that, be like on that alertness or that level. Yeah. You know, it's hard. Cause you want to like talk and be excited and be like, yeah, I'm playing Pokemon. But then like once maybe like hour one or two hits, I'm kind of like, uh, I need to like lay down or something. Uh, so it's just been unfortunate. And I think I, that kind of happened. If you, if you watch like some of my like later streams, like I think in like December, January, November of like last year, I'm like, I, I gotta go right now or something. I don't feel good. Like, it's really weird. It's really weird. You can kind of see like the onset of things like taking a turn for the worse, unfortunately. So without being able to stream or upload consistently, I, I don't feel like it's right for me to be like making content. Plus there's just so many um, other resources, like you said earlier, like, what, what am I going to do? Upload a, a shiny catch, like just type whatever Pokemon you want into YouTube and watch that, <laughs> you know? Right. So I don't know, but yeah, if, if I have something to offer, then, you know, I'll, I'll make, I'll make something, but I'm also not going to like force myself to make inconsistent content. Cause that's not right to the viewers. And, and it's also like pointless, I think to myself. So yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've gotten that question before too. It's like, Oh, Steve, you, you host this Pokemon podcast. Why don't you stream sun and moon? And it's, it's hard for me to say like, there's a hundred other people streaming sun. Like, what do you want me to do differently? <laughs> <laughs> of course, like, of course, like, you know, you have fans or, you know, I'll have fans. They're like, we want, but I want you to stream it. I want you to play it. I still get people that like, will ask me on Twitter, like, are you going to do a sun and moon playthrough? And I'm like, holy crap, man, that came out a month ago. You still want, you want to watch me play through it. So you'll always find people that want to see like your version of, you know, said, uh, content, um, which is awesome and super flattering. Yeah. Yeah. But, it uh, is. But it, it's just it's just tough, you know, it, it's also it's tough to find for me, especially I think I, it's tough to find that like motivation when I'm like just dealing with health issues on top of uh, other things. So that's uh, that's really unfortunately where where I'm at right now. Um, and, and that's why I hit you up, because I, I like I said, I was like, oh, my gosh, uh, I had a couple like really good days. I was feeling pretty awesome. I was like, I'm going to uh, hit up Pokemon podcasts and or uh, it's super effective. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you know, see if they're still uh, interested. And, uh, you know, I, I'm up and down right now, but t today uh, has been a pretty good day. And this last week has been pretty good. But, uh, you know, sometimes I can, what is that? The calm before the storm. I yeah. think like sometimes I can, I can feel it like uh, coming on. I have, I have a feeling that like next week's going to like not be good, but that's fine. I'll, I'll figure it out. My doctors will hopefully figure it out. Someone figure it out. <laughs> no, no, glad you're here and glad you're feeling a bit better. Uh, let's talk about something a little more positive. You, yeah. you were a two-time Pokemon World Championship commentator. Not a winner, but a commentator. Yeah. I'm a winner, man. Come on. How did that happen? So, uh, to go back to, like, Twitch and, and YouTube and stuff like that, I, I had, 
obviously like amassed kind of a, like a lot of followers <laughs> obviously um you know in in those were in the pokemon world i guess like just numbers wise whatever i'm not like one to brag and believe me i it, it, by today's standards my numbers are very small but for the time they they were pretty um you know exceptional at the launch of like x and y and stuff like that so i think the pokemon company took took note of that they kind of did like an open casting call and and i applied just like everybody else i didn't i didn't like pull any strings i didn't throw my weight around i didn't even like i didn't even like do anything like say oh i have this twitch following or i have this youtube channel you know with x amount of followers i did nothing all i did was submit my video let's be let's be honest though like those people are smart enough to know yeah like- i was clearly <laughs> on their radar is i think what 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 happened so that they like once i put up the the video i think that they were like okay good he submitted one you know i, I think if i hadn't have submitted one though i don't think they would have personally hit me up or anything so I'm, I'm glad i did it and and that's really what happened they they saw that they they saw that i could you know speak in front of a live audience kind of sort of not really live but kind of live like via streaming so i i think they uh, weren't afraid of adding me into the commentator mix but uh let me tell you man it is way different than being on stream because you know you don't have all those eyes looking looking back at you looking you in the face right. um it, it's still hard no matter what i think streaming is hard i think streaming is kind of hard and i and i think okay so yeah comment i think uh i think it's all uh really difficult regardless and uh so uh, it was no- nothing was easy i guess it didn't none of it none of it came to, to came to me easy but luckily i had the pokemon company fooled <laughs> they <laughs> they thought i could do just a fine job and i got my weaseled my way in, into the door so that that's really what happened uh, i think they had seen my content and i applied and that that was that how was that experience being there obviously like i've been there i've been there as a fan and a and a player before in the game and but how is it kind of you know but with without the pressure of competing or without the i guess you have the pressure of like being on and being on on set and everything but i'm i would assume that's a totally different feel yeah i think i think it's i think it's a little bit more fun like i think the fun the participating is more rewarding, right? Because like you get a couple wins and you're like, yeah, all this Pokemon practice I, I put in, I'm, you know, it's, it's paid off. I am good at battling or whatever, you know, uh, either way, sometimes, sometimes you're not so good at battling. It happens. Like I've had my fair share of losses. You can see them all on my streams or YouTube videos where I get punished, you know, it happens. But, uh, yeah, being on the other end is like a lot more fun. I, I, it's still rewarding, right? Because you get that opportunity. It's like, wow, you selected me to be like the commentator for this. I like that. That's crazy. I'm so honored. I can't, I can't believe that like I'm, I'm valuable enough within the Pokemon community to be considered for such a position. But, um, you know, competing is like really stressful because like, it's just tough, man. I think it's like, especially with the defeatist attitude <laughs> that I'm sure I have, like after all practicing for a bunch and then you go there and to like, like lose or something. It's just like, Oh, I tried so hard and I made this team and Oh, I hate my life. But you know, it, so it's, it's really fun being on the, the commentator side of it. Um, cause just the, the, the stress levels really aren't, aren't there, I guess it's just so much more fun, but like I said, not quite as rewarding as getting a big win, you know, at the end of the day when you got picked how how did they maybe maybe this is too inside baseball but like how did they reach no. out to you was like was it an email was it a phone call if you're mm. if you're somebody who works like a 9 to 5 job and you're doing that 40 hours a week and pokemon company calls you up and goes okay we want you 
drop everything you're doing in July or August or whenever the championships <laughs> are and like come out here. Like that's so much planning that you kind of have mm-hmm. to suddenly do. I think uh, luckily at the time I probably had quit the, uh, the t-shirt printing job. So I think I was now full time, which is still tough. Um, regardless like even if uh, you're totally right i mean you nailed it with like how um it, it is tough to say like sure i'll go to that thing of course you want to be like part of this event like uh, no questions asked you're like i must do it no matter what but but stepping away from like your stream or making like youtube content it's all it's always not easy because then you have to record those videos like a couple days or the weeks before or you have to cancel your streams for that weekend and like people are like oh you're not streaming this weekend and then you don't get back for like four days and everyone's like where'd you go why were you gone or whatever because like not everybody watches like the world championships and stuff but they watch your your stream you know so mm-hmm. um it's really weird you're still like alienating your audience you're, you're giving up something to uh go do that of course it's always uh worth it in a sense because those those events are those opportunities are like once in a lifetime and not that it's not important to like stream and be a part of like this awesome community that you've like developed. But I think everyone understands that like when given the chance, you know, you, you got to take it, but yeah, to answer your question, um, I think your previous question, they, I believe I want to say called me. Cause I, I don't know if you had to like fill something out or, or what I think initially, maybe they call, I don't know. I don't, maybe, maybe they emailed me and I gave them my phone number. I can't really remember, but I, I do remember like my first like major interaction was, with um the pokemon company was via phone call but they <laughs> they made they made sure to let me know that uh um they couldn't have let me commentate if i hadn't gone to a like a recent i went to a recent regional like then and they're like oh i'm so glad you went to that regional and uh you finished 18th because uh you know it would have been really tough to say like here's this shiny hunter guy he's gonna commentate the world championships <laughs> now so I had a really good performance, like uh, right when X and Y uh, first launched. So uh, they weren't too uh, too afraid of putting me uh, on the mic, and they gave me a ring. So that's kind of what happened. Oh, okay. So you so you are saying that they did want they just didn't want somebody to sit there and talk. They did want somebody that had a little bit of experience. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they were like um, pretty. I mean, they had seen me like battle and stuff, but like uh, obviously battling just like kind of uh, against some random people online isn't quite the same as like a tournament setting or you know doesn't necessarily like neither things like really prove your pokemon knowledge uh as far as like uh analysis is concerned but um i mean you can be you can be like a crazy good like pokemon analyst and like understand like everything but still not perform well because you know pokemon is like all (laughs) pokemon's like 50 percent your team 50 percent mind games right (laughs) it might be even like 75 percent mind games but you know we can go into all that battling stuff whenever but uh yeah yeah they they definitely wanted somebody that had some sort of uh, well of course i had experience uh in in battling and and i and i did for for like i guess the the most part i mean i did pretty well to to be my very first pokemon tournament i think and to do that well i think was was pretty good so uh, i guess i had a had it all together. I had the whole pack. That's why they call me Justin Flynn, the total package. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> Th- that total package that you had moved into commentating for the Nintendo championships. Yeah. So uh, that was crazy. That is crazy too. I-, I can't even believe that. That's uh, even thinking about that is unreal to me. That's <laughs> that changed my life, man. I-, I don't know what to say or how to put it. Like that's probably gotta be in like the top five top three greatest moments of my 
life you know it's it's so crazy right to mm -hmm. be a part of an event that only happens once every 25 years now if they'll ever ever do it again i i, I don't know you know right they didn't do it this last year they didn't make it like a, an annual thing and the last time it happened was in like 1992 or something you know so it's like mm -hmm. it's crazy um to even think i was a part of that and so i think luckily my skills my skills on the mic uh with the pokemon company i think eventually led to that job potentially I, did you, know, you, I'm not did sure. you apply for that one or did they just kind I of to reach apply, out yeah okay so you no, did no, no, apply no. Yeah, 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 yeah i applied for everything i never like um i never like i don't i'm not a big fan of kind of like sticking my foot in the door you know kind of like wedging my but in there, whatever the what's, what's wedging my elbow in the <laughs> stairs. Right, I don't know what yeah. the saying is. But <laughs> putting my finger in the glue. I don't. I don't know what the <laughs> what the sayings are. But like, you know what I mean. Like, because I definitely can like beat down doors in my position, and I have access to like you know certain contacts. But I never do that kind of stuff. Um, I usually just let kind of word of mouth do its own thing. And and luckily these opportunities, uh, you know, they present themselves, and I take advantage of them. Did, was there a was there like a different feel to that Nintendo stuff? Yeah. Than the Pokemon stuff, or did it almost feel like, well, Pokemon and Nintendo are one and the same, so this is this is a nat natural transition. It, yeah, they're they're similar in the sense of like their brand focus, right? So you kind of present yourself uh, in the same way. Not that I'm any different, right? Like in 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 person or commentating or anything. Um, I think that's just my personality is one that like aligns with their uh, ideals. The, the difference, though, is that the Pokemon company handles Pokemon stuff and Nintendo themselves handles Nintendo stuff. So you are working for two separate companies um, with kind of like the same ideologies. Um, so they could they did align, but the Nintendo one was definitely a lot more pressure, I think, because everything was so time sensitive and like on the dot switch here, do this next game. That's going to happen. This person's going to come out like this and uh and obviously, like, the difference, too, is that there's 4 million people watching the Nintendo World Championships. Uh, not that that matters, but, like, there's that added, like, I have to be 100% on, like, the entire, like, do, not even a slight, like... Um, no mistakes. Mishap. Yeah, exactly. Not a touch of, like, mishaps going on. It's just, like, really, really stressful, I think. It's stressful, but fun. Stressful, fun, rewarding, awesome, great experience. Had to do it um absolutely no complaints it just was really scary that's all and and with like and doing with pokemon commentary i think is a lot more lax not in the sense that it doesn't need to be professional but in the sense that like you're kind of just having fun watching the game that you already love and play and know and just kind of talking about it almost as if you're just watching it at your house or something um but with the pokemon world or with the nintendo world championships anything could have happened i didn't know what was going to go on oh, oh I, I knew like the beats that they were trying to hit but uh the way things were gonna go like were could it just was gonna be crazy plus they had all kinds of things up their sleeves that they didn't they didn't even tell me about stuff that like they were gonna show videos they're like sorry we can't tell you and i'm just like we're going live in an hour what do you mean you can't tell me <laughs> what you're gonna do up there so they kept stuff like under wraps to the end they're tight they are a tight-lipped uh company and so is pokemon like the, obviously you, know, you have to protect your ips or whatever is going on right if they told me something they were going to release and i like tweeted it that'd be a huge issue so right not that i would obviously but um yeah the anyway so a slightly different feels um but both really amazing and fun events to be a part of 
in in both those situations, how do you how do you walk away from that? Do you just you take off your headset on Sunday and go, "All right, guys," and get on a plane and go home? Is and then it's just over? Like, do they keep in touch? Like, what? How does that just end? Um, you, you know, it, it is kind of funny. It, different events end differently. It really depends, uh, especially with what was the Nintendo World Championships coincided with E3. So at that particular event, it was kind of like everyone seriously, like it ended and everyone's like, all right, now we all got to go to work, <laughs> you know, because E3 was that week. So if, for those that you don't, uh, people that don't know, E3 is called the Electronic Entertainment Expo. It's uh, in Los Angeles and it's a huge like uh, week long or like week long. I think it starts on a Monday, ends on Thursday or Friday. I don't know. Industry event where they release like every new game. It's like huge and super important to everybody. So pretty much right after that event, everyone was like, oh, my God, that was amazing. Great job, everybody. Now we got to go get ready for E3 for the rest of the week because they were releasing like all their new games. I think uh, that was when I think that's when like Majora's Mask for 3DS got announced and stuff. So and, yeah, as well as like the new Star Fox game. So it was like they were stressed. They were like it was immediately go to work. But other events right after the event, everyone's like, all right, dude, we're all doing group dinner. This is going to be awesome. Let's go have fun and hang out. And uh, and so that's uh, that's how most events go. I think I think the particular in particular, the Nintendo World Championships was one where there was just a lot on everyone's plate all at the same time. But most events you usually kind of like afterwards, everyone hangs out and uh, you do meet a lot of new people and you exchange a lot of emails and you do keep in touch uh, afterwards. So that's why I've been a part of a couple other like uh, loosely affiliated with like some other Nintendo events and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about, and now this is what I'm a little confused on this. You're gonna have to clear this up. Is this your website? Pokemon forever? Is this you a hundred percent? Whoa, dude. Whoa. Don't try and put labels on me, man. I'm not just some (laughs) owner, man. I'm a community member, dude. (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I actually, that's a funny, it's funny that you asked that simply because it used to be called the Justin Flynn dot TV. I think a lot of streamers kind of do it where like they make a website where they can like host their stream and talk to their, you know, be more involved, I guess, with their community. And so I started it as that because I was just going to be like, hey, we play Pokemon. Let's do trades through like the website and stuff like that. When I'm not live, you know, gives us a place to hang out, you know, post stream. And uh, eventually when I stopped streaming about a, a year, a year ago, almost to the day, holy crap. Uh, that's pretty wild. I think it was like uh, December seventeenth was like my last stream. So uh, that when I when I stopped doing that, uh, I switched it over to Pokemon Forever because uh, I wasn't sure whenever I'd be back because I knew that my situation was kind of serious. Uh, I didn't know if I would ever be able to get back to streaming or anything like that. But I also didn't want people um like on the site on the JustinFlynn.tv to like not have a place to go anymore because um, I thought we had really cultivated something awesome, uh, a really great community there. You know. And uh, so I switched it over to PokemonForever.com, which I thought was a little bit more relevant to the content that we, you know, featured. So yeah, that's it, man. PokemonForever.com. Uh, it's a pretty cool place, man. We uh, we're we're big fans of not uh, judging. You can be casual, you can be competitive. It's uh, it's whatever, dude. No one no one's gonna burn you for asking. You know, if you should run a physical, you know, Gengar or something. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that your kind of like two questions is that your new passion is like running and hanging out on that website and then outside of pokemon is is battling kind of where you've leaned more towards yeah so pokemon forever uh gives it gives me the ability to still create like pokemon related content and be a part of a community without having to 
be working for like four hours straight, you know, like really working, not like working at a desk and then kind of like chilling out watching YouTube videos for like an hour, you know, like, um, but I mean, when I, like I, when I say four hours straight, like when you're streaming, I feel like you're like literally working for like four to eight hours straight and stuff. So the, that can be like really hard for you to keep your like energy levels really high. So this lets me work for like an hour, maybe lay down. Maybe I'm not even feeling well for like that entire day. So, so it gives me the opportunity to still create content and be a part of uh, Pokemon, which I love and, uh, and, and do it without like, you know, having such an insane, uh, like consistent time commitment. I don't mean I don't put a lot of time into it because I obviously do, but you don't have to put in those like straight eight hours, straight six hours or whatever. So Right. And that doesn't even include the setup or teardown or the prep work prior to you streaming. Yeah, it's streaming and then like once you're streaming, you know, then you're editing the videos for YouTube and it, it really like that that like job, that life is like so more than forty hours. I, I think I honestly was like at the time was probably working like 80 hours a week or, or, or more. I think I did like some math on it one time. Cause I was like, I should probably figure out how much money I'm making. And it came out to like three, $3, like an hour or less or something like that. It was like $3 and 12 cents an hour, like for how much I was working. It was crazy. Um, but whatever, you know, it was worth it. It was worth it because of all the experiences and like the, the, the content that's out there now, like that has been so helpful and useful. You're, like, you're telling me really that awesome. Twitch isn't the get rich quickly. <laughs> there's only one way to get rich on twitch and that's to like abuse uh like donations and i refuse to do that so at least i think so like that, that's that's me speaking like from like a haven't streamed in a year mentality or whatever you know i don't know if people are just like running ads on their channel and making buku bucks but i don't i don't, I don't think you're making a lot of money off of just ad revenue subscribers of course like is is huge or whatever but i i think like uh like realistically doing that as a, as a job, as like your full-time job is off of ad revenue and subscribers alone can be like very, very difficult. You have to be like one of the biggest, I think streamers on there, but I might be wrong. Maybe things have changed. Maybe the revenues are better. Maybe uh, you don't have to have so many viewers, but I think these channels that like succeed with like under, maybe under 500 viewers and stuff like that. Um, I'm not going to call it subscribe like donation abuse or anything but I, I really do think that you have to like lean heavily on hoping that people like donate to like keep your channel going and i, and I would never ever 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 do that i like barely not that i didn't like acknowledge them because i like really um wanted to say thank you for stuff like that but i wasn't like the kind of i think streamer where i like made a big deal out of it where i'd be like all right now i'm gonna spin the wheel of death since you donated ten dollars to me you know what i mean <laughs> yeah like, uh, stuff, stuff like that i think is a little bit is a little bit strange i don't know i don't know how to put it i don't really have anything else to say about that i probably have only mean bad things to say about yeah yeah no stuff like that. just because like uh, coming from like inside like the internal world there and i'm not like speaking for everybody but i have heard like people say like really messed up things like about trying to trying to get people to donate and so like i kind of stay out of that conversation and don't really like agree with it you know I don't I don't think it should ever be your job to like try and get people to donate to you. Yeah, yeah, I I've definitely I, I don't know if I've talked about this before or on the show or not, but as as a contact as a content creator like like you are, like I am, I remember having a conversation with a YouTuber and uh one of the first things they asked me uh and the, and let me preface like this is the first time I met him in person. Uh he was like, "How much money do you make?" And I was like, "Oh, uh 
Um, Welcome to the world of content creation. I was like, I don't really make any money. <laughs> and they were like, they, they were so like taken aback by it. So I like, like a little bit about me. If you're a new listener, if you're listening because Justin's here, or this is the first time, like I've been doing the podcast for over six years now. And it wasn't until four years in, I, I started, I did a Kickstarter and I was like, okay, this is the Kickstarter. This is the goal. This is what we're, we're like. We want new equipment. We want this. We're mm-hmm. going to guarantee you a hundred episodes. If you pledge at this level, we'll send you a shirt. Like that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, after the Kickstarter ended, I was like, okay, well, I guess we'll start a Patreon because I was getting messages of like, oh, I missed your Kickstarter. Is there any way to, you know, throw some money your way? So you know, like the most, the most I do at the end of the show is I say, "Hey, there's a Patreon. If you want to donate a dollar, you'll get into our my Slack community." And this is something we talked about before the show. But and that that's kind of it. And you know, I work 40 hours a week at a at a different job, and all the podcasting is is something I just love to do. But it always, it always, I don't know how to word it without it sounding mean or something. But like, it's always weird to see a podcast or a. a twitch stream or a youtube channel that like starts up and they have one video and already they have a patreon i get it like <laughs> like i totally get it like your time is absolutely worth something uh but for me like initially it was like i'm never i i didn't initially start this to make money but in my position i felt like okay i have proven to everyone who's listened or watched like hey i've been doing this for four years consistently You'll know at least that I'll keep doing it, right? And it will only get better. Well, hopefully it'll only get better. Who yeah, knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I feel you, man. Like, yeah, it, it is. It is really tough, and uh, I and especially like the the young channels or whatever, where they like, they really start right going right to like the you know donate to do this or donate. That, I mean, it's whatever. You know, it's up to people to be honest. Like, if that's what society wants, and that's what society wants, if it makes you feel better, like it, you know, giving some money to somebody to like help them start their channel that that's fine i'm not i'm not against like people helping out or people asking for help whatever man that's that's chill i just think it's like really weird to try and like uh manipulate people for like financial gain that's all and i see weird stuff like that when it's your goal to like literally like find out how to extort money from viewers that's where you got to like draw i think a line you know when it comes to like content creation um but yeah, it's it's really tough. I, I never really know how to proceed with those things either. It makes me like super uncomfortable like all the time. Uh, I just wish the ad revenue was enough so that you could just sit back. But then again, then you run commercials and then everyone's like, oh, another commercial. And you're just like, <laughs> why is there no happy medium for, you know, doing this for, you know, 40 hours a week or whatever. It's right. a, or more than that. You know, like I said, I was probably doing like about 80 hours a week, I think, between Twitch and YouTube. I think I was at about like 80 hours uh back in the day not to mention put traveling for events on top of that so it was my life was 120 miles an hour constantly you know it was pretty pretty insane back then i i don't know how i accomplished some of the things i did i think i just i think i just had a passion and a love and a work ethic that like you know was unrivaled i mean maybe like same as some of these other people that you see that are like really successful in the business i think work very 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 hard um, I'm not saying they're like, I do, and I'm so successful, but like, I, I think for, for my active time, for the time that I was active, I think I saw a lot of success, I guess. Does that success then kind of carry over into Pokemon Fer- Forever? Do you feel like that community is growing and that's, I don't even, is that like kind of your goal is to get that community growing 
And I say that, yeah. uh, I say that because, well, just like, just like Twitch streams and YouTube streams, there are probably a million Pokemon sites out there. <laughs> there are. But kind of like, sell me on what that, that is doing compared to other sites. Uh, like I would, I would, I would argue that Serebii is, if you want Pokemon news immediately, uh, Serebii probably has that covered. And like, if you want a Wikipedia function of Pokemon, obviously Bulbapedia has that covered. So where's Pokemon forever in, in what they're trying to achieve? Well, good thing I've never heard of those two sites that you just mentioned, because otherwise <laughs> I maybe never would have made Pokemon forever. No, uh, you know, I, I do love Serebii and I do love uh, Bulbapedia. I actually have used them quite a bit in the past. Um, I, I don't go there as much anymore. Serebii's great. They get their news out like super fast. Um, like you said, Bulbapedia is a great like archive of all kinds of Pokemon content. Actually, they both are really. They both have like super crazy good um, information. But I think uh, here's what happened. Like here's what happened with Pokemon Forever. I didn't even want to like make just a Pokemon site. I was making a site to have my streaming community or like you know my community of like U- YouTube viewers and and people that watch my stream, just a place where they could trade Pokemon and stuff kind of after hours, you know, and maybe have some battles and stuff like when when i wasn't streaming because what i noticed is when i'm streaming everyone's super active they're battling each other they're tr- ma- making these trades but the second i would stop streaming people would, like the community would essentially like, kind of die off so i was like all these people i can tell still just want to play pokemon regardless of whether or not i'm making content so so here's what happened um unfortunately on another forum um uh, i i was on there and i found like what happened is I got the job, right, as the Pokemon World Championships commentator. And uh, this particular online forum just completely badmouthed me, said I didn't deserve the job, that I was horrible, not not funny, not good. Well, whatever, I don't have to be funny. I don't, I don't even know if they said funny. That's that's not right. But they just said, I didn't know how to play Pokemon. I didn't have enough experience. I c- can only speak to an audience when spoken to. Like, I would be useless in the commentator position. Uh, obviously, it turned out pretty well. And unfortunately, it was like seriously like a three or four page bashing just on me, which was like really strange. And none of the admins did anything about it. I mean, that's how you know you've made it big, though, right? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I think it would have been one thing if like one of the admins stepped up and just said like, hey, why don't we just be constructive about his comment? He's going to be the commentator. So why don't we be constructive about it and help him be the best commentator he can be? Um, But no one stepped up and did that. It was just like. Yeah, it was even one of the administrators was just like, uh, you know, Justin Flynn is the wrong pick. Uh, he doesn't know anything about Pokemon. You know, he, he can only stream. It was, it was really, it was just unfortunate, man. It was like really brutal. And so I saw that and I was like, why don't people care about how people are treating each other on a forum, especially one like Pokemon where you're probably dealing with an average age of like, I don't know, 12 to like 20, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, where that's like super not a chill way to speak to people regardless of age but like especially when kids are around you can't teach them to talk to people like that and they also shouldn't be spoken to like that especially if it's a kid they like his favorite thing in the world is playing pokemon his or her favorite thing in the world is playing pokemon and like they do something that like you would consider dumb you don't like tell them they're dumb you just say hey this would be better and so um we took that approach i think with pokemon forever to be like a more positive uh a place of positive reinforcement in your pokemon gaming and trading and so we also don't like look down on people for um the way they want to play pokemon if they think shiny pokemon are the best thing ever and they only want to trade shiny pokemon then that's fine you do that but if you're also like the most competitive battler and you want to like 
um, have a host a big tournament and stuff and have people on it and, you know, play singles or doubles or whatever, then we also allow and, you know, cater to that as well. So, uh, that's really what we're, we're there for. We're, we're there to be the community that doesn't like, uh, judge you at first glance. You know, we judge you by who you, uh, you know, who you are and what you do, not like, because you want to play Pokemon a certain way. <laughs> No, that's awesome. That's but, awesome. And, and and there's a ton of content there. Like to be honest, like on top of that, there's just like an insane wealth of of content. Um, we just uh we worked with uh um Iva on Twitter. Um, her name is Gabby Snyder. Uh, she's also a Pokemon commentator. We worked with her to feature a Pokemon team builder now on the site. So you can go to the site. You can build a team. You can see all of its like resistances. Um, you can put in like all the moves and see like. Um, what you'll be strong against, what you'll be weak against, it's like are really awesome. We just have a ton of things that I don't think you find on on other sites and valuable information. Because like, well, you can just like give the news, or you can like do uh, like a write up, like like Volvopedia, right? Can give you like factual data, right? You can't create that content uh, that's like a little bit deeper of like what your move set should be, why you should choose a certain Pokemon, or um, there's not like a whole lot of. There are a lot of places to trade Pokemon, but I think there's not a lot of places to trade Pokemon where people don't get like all upset when you're like, hey, can somebody trade me this Pokemon and, or, or this or that? And then some people are like, well, what are, you, what are you gonna give me for it? Or what did you do to deserve that? We have people that just come through and are like, oh yeah, what po you don't even have to trade me anything back. You can just give me like your worst Pokemon and here's the one you want. Like that, I, ne I just, I didn't find that a lot, I think in, in other communities, unfortunately. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that, like, I scoured, you know, for um, uh, other places that, like, had more of an open mindset, and I, and I couldn't find it, to be honest. So that's, I think, why it exists. And I'm not saying those sites don't have that. And I, I think that Cerebi does have forums. I don't know if Bubblepedia does actually have forums. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's really why it's there. So definitely check it out if, like, that's the way you want to play Pokemon. It's your way, man, you know? You know, bro? <laughs> I know, I know. That's awesome. Man, we went through a lot. We did. Went all the way. All the back. way. Well, all the way there and back. Uh, unless you have anything. I mean, I could keep you here for hours. I can keep I can keep I can keep anyone <laughs> here for hours, but uh I got one more question. Yeah. What is Trump. your I voted for Trump. <laughs> uh, oh, that wasn't the question. No, I'm kidding. I didn't actually didn't vote. Sorry. What was your question? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite Pokemon? <laughs> oh, that wasn't Oh, I didn't answer the right question at all. Um, <laughs> well, I think many, uh, if you're a fan of mine and you happen to be listening to this or you've seen my content before, I think you would know uh, my favorite Pokemon is, without a doubt, hands down, Psyduck. Like, he is the funniest Pokemon in the entire world. Uh, in fact, today I was just looking at pictures of Psyduck online because I'm weird like that, and it's one where he's just sticking his head in the snow for no apparent reason just to make his face in the snow. So that's... <laughs> I love that guy, dude. Psyduck is the best, and uh, I pretty much am a sucker for all derpy Pokemon. Psyduck, Slowpoke, Archeops, like anything, man. Uh, if you derp, that's my that's my Pokemon. Man, those three Pokemon you just named are all great. <laughs> yes, they are, except <laughs> that in battle they will get destroyed. Right, you're right, right. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Archeops isn't that bad. Yeah, Archeops is all right. I mean, though, when you see him trying to fly in motion, that is one of the funniest <laughs> animations in the entire world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah our is the best, dude. Oh, uh, yeah. Pokemon, good stuff. Pokemon is good stuff. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you so much, uh, Justin, for hanging out with us. Where can where can our listeners find you if you want if you want to be found? Uh, like 
my, since I use my name on everything, like you could probably just type it like, into Google. But if you want to hit me up really anywhere, it's just at the Justin Flynn. So you can just throw the 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 and the the in front of it. Justin, the Justin Flynn. Flynn is my really cool and original moniker. <laughs> what they call that? Nickname? Moniker? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so yeah, that's it. You could uh, the Justin Flynn. It's that. It's my name on everything. It doesn't matter. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, but Pokemon Forever is really where you can find me right now. Hopefully, until I get back to creating content as soon as I think that I can be maybe more consistent, uh, or if I find something incredibly valuable that I must absolutely share with the uh, the community, then you'll you'll definitely like uh, see me as well. But yeah, I uh, if that's it, man, I super appreciate being here. It was so fun and you asked so many awesome questions and i feel like i am like super long-winded so i apologize don't <laughs> don't hate me forever and please ask me back on sometime soon yeah totally totally no people hear enough of my voice so i'm sure <laughs> they are very pleased that <laughs> they can hear a, a fresh new take <laughs> but yeah everyone's gonna be like i listened to the first six minutes but uh justin wouldn't stop talking so i had to stop <laughs> so we're done here <laughs> all right yeah. uh yeah no totally would love to have you back on uh definitely in the future but uh, what we'll do right now is we will take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to tackle some emails and our Pokemon of the week. And we are back from our break. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that interview. It was something. No, I'm just kidding. It was great. <laughs> Before we get to our Pokemon of the Week, 2016 is wrapping up. This has been a really, really great year for It's Super Effective and our show. Probably by the time this is up, I might post like our numbers and everything of how we did. But really, our, our listener base increased by like 100% this year. Uh, whereas last year we had... I think uh, a little more than 300,000 downloads of the show. And uh, this year, we have over a half a million downloads for just this year alone. And obviously, that 300,000 was just for 2015. So to like see that number almost double, I don't think there's enough days to hit 600,000 is just incredible. And I think Pokemon Go helped that. I think Pokemon Sun and Moon helped that with you know more people coming. But I really think that... Uh, Besides, I feel like our product has a bit of quality to it. Uh, I think just like the the people we brought on and connected with this year, uh, Austin Creed from Up Up Down Down, aka WWE, and Dan Riker from Giant Bo- Giant Bomb, and Austin Gr- Creed, aka WWE, aka <laughs> that's WWE, that's and Griffin from Polygon and Adventure Zone, and my brother, my brother, well, like the hundred things that Griffin does, and. Just all the I, I know I'm forgetting people like Jay Witz and everything and and Ophidian, yep, Ophidian and Gaijin Hunter and all the people we had on there, they just helped I think really connect that we have a that it connects a lot of things like a lot of people like Pokemon but also do other things and I think that's very true of us here. All three of us really love Pokemon, but we have 
lives and personalities outside of Pokemon. And I really did want to help bring that into the show even more so this year. And I feel like we accomplished that. I felt like we accomplished that. I said feel. Uh, Words, words, birds. But uh, a lot of things happened this year. This was the 20th anniversary of Pokemon. And there were a lot of moments. Pokemon Go, Pokemon Sun and Moon, the movie marathon they did at Twitch, the World Championship, the constant releases of mythical and legendary Pokemon at GameStop or not at GameStop. But was there anything... For you guys, was there anything Pokemon-wise that really stood out, maybe really changed your view on Pokemon, opened your eyes, something new to Pokemon, something not new? I, it's such a broad question, but a lot happened this year. Well, I mean, it was a year jam-packed because it was Pokemon 20. So, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the, the mythical distributions that, like, finally for people who, like... For honest people who are waiting for non-cloned copies of Pokemon and wanted to get their own real versions of all these Pokemon, all of those distributions were like the greatest gift. So, I don't know. It's probably, for me, one of the bigger things. I'll give two answers. The The first is just the release of Sun and Moon, right? Like a fabulous new game in the main series. Of course, that's going to excite me. But adding in the fact that, um, like X and Y and or it was another international release that um, everyone got it at the same time. So everyone, regardless of the, well, I mean, there were a few, right? Except, were there a few except regions for that, except for Europe? Yeah, <laughs> Europe, Europe got, got it like got it four days later. later or something like that. Regardless, like the majority of players are all playing at the same time, um, and so you had that experience of being able to play online, and and most people are have their Pokemon around the same level because you've been playing for the same amount of time. That was really cool. Um, those are always very awesome experiences because like ever all your friends get the game at the same time and you can uh, battle each other like, oh, I'll, I'll stop after the second trial so I can battle you. Like, that stuff's really cool. Um, and then my second answer uh, is just all the stuff we did with our sideshow mythical. I mean, I am I'm super into Dungeons and Dragons. So adding in Pokemon to that and being able to play with all of my cool Internet friends has just been really awesome so those are probably my two boy uh for me it's like a lot of things i think what i said earlier this is really the best year of the podcast ever that we've had and i think it's at the at the end of the day i don't think the numbers really matter too much like it's it's awesome to see more and more people discover and find the show and and tweet at us that like we made their holiday break because we had so many episodes lined up of Sun and Moon or like they let us know that like their car drive to somewhere helped their day be more enjoyable or when they're at work or whatever. And those tweets all mean a lot. And even all the people who write in and just ask questions or for us that I feel bad that we never get to just because we already run like a two hour show and Travis wants to strangle me because he wants to go do other things. <laughs> No, it's not that. It's not that. I just as I just know that not everyone has three hours a week to listen to our show in particular. <laughs> <laughs> but even for like, but for me, there were like just moments that I will like never forget because of this year. And I think like one of them that stood out to my that stood out in my mind was when Pokemon Go got released, and I went over to Lake Park, and I just saw hundreds and hundreds of people walking around this park all playing Pokemon and that was just like something 
I will never ever forget. And it was such a cool experience. And just go go back the next night and the same thing happened. And and just to be able to walk and play Pokemon and just see everyone else doing the same thing is such a unreal experience. And I guess it could have been any game, but it was just so much more satisfying that it was Pokemon. And then like other moments of last minute, like flying out to Atlanta and meeting Xavier Woods and Austin Creed. I know he has like a million names, but like meeting Xavier Woods and like sitting in his house and interviewing him and like talking about wrestling and talking about how much he loves Pokemon and like watching him get like super excited about like the gaming chair he just got and like wanting to show me and then being in Centennial Park. I can't even remember what the park is called in Atlanta, but like playing Pokemon Go with him there and stuff. Those are just like really unreal experience that I I didn't think would happen. And then speaking at PAX in front of all these people and being live streamed on PAX and having, I I don't even remember how many people Micah said were watching, like 2,000 people or something, just watching me struggle with Pokemon names live and and try to make people laugh and try to inform people about uh, the little information I knew about Sun and Moon, but like still slightly proud that I got the Rock Rough stuff right. Those were just all really, really great experiences, and I think what just the the experience in PAX was just like really special to have people come up with me to me after the show and just ask me questions and just talk with me and like that's why I do the show and like that's why I love Pokemon and I I get uh there's such pushback like good pushback like oh you only have forty hours in Sun and Moon like. You're not a real Pokemon player, and I get that it's playful and stuff, and I see people put 200 hours or 500 hours or 1,000 hours into Sun and Moon, and like that's awesome, and that's never going to be me, but to re- like that alone in 2016 helped me realize the reason that I do this and the reason I actually love Pokemon besides the game itself is because of all the other people that love and play Pokemon, and just meeting those people and seeing how excited they get about a certain Pokemon or a certain aspect of the game or the anime or the card game or a plush or just that is something that's so great. And I'm sure it's in other hobbies, but it's like, this is our hobby. And that's why stuff like Pokemon Go and that's like, that's just like the people who email in or tweet at us or people in our Slack, just seeing them get excited about something is just such a great feeling. And that's why I love doing the show. So I know that was really long winded, but I think if I didn't have those experiences this past year, I don't think I would have have came to that realization. Eventually, I guess I would have got there, but I think it helped me a lot realize why I actually do like Pokemon as much as I do. I don't know how to follow that because it was just very (laughs) genuine and emotional. So I can't like make a joke about it like I usually do. (laughs) I know. I, I can't say nothing. (laughs) <laughs> My favorite Pokemon moment was when Travis came to Washington, D.C., and we had dinner, and he came to my house, and he recorded an episode of Mythical, and I fell asleep on the couch while he was recording, and that had no SBJ or Steve in it, so that was my favorite. Yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, we, got, we got a good shot of Glove Window at that recording. Yup. The Glove Window. <laughs> Love window, everyone's favorite Pokemon moment of 2016. I think I think that that couldn't be any truer. That glove window. Can we make win- a glove window? Oh, 
I need to like commission an artist to make a glove window Pokemon. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it kind of has a mouth. And it, 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 like that is a perfect ghost Pokemon, right? Glove window. Oh, yeah. I could have blood splatters for eyes. Ooh, getting a little too spooky for me. Uh, okay, Can, step get, it back. Step it back. Turn on the spooky warning. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I I don't I don't think I could dwell on that anymore. But just a big thank you to everyone who listens, all our Patreon supporters, just the people who follow us on Twitter and Facebook and everything. Like, just our community is just really great, and the Pokemon community is is really great. And so yeah, like it's it's just something like. This show is something I'm really proud of, and I'm glad that, and like the listeners is are the people who make the show what it is. So, uh, with that being said, because I'm I'm like losing my my voice all of a sudden, <laughs> we're gonna move on to our Pokemon of the week. Uh, Justin Flynn's favorite Pokemon was Psyduck. Uh, with our promise of giving you guys a Pokemon of the week that can be used in the VGCs for Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh, we bumped, we evolved that Psyduck into Golduck. And I'm sure at some point in our 200 plus episodes, we've done Golduck. But, you know, things change, movesets change, Pokemon change. So we're going to be doing Golduck this week, and I'm going to toss it over to Travis. And he had, he had a lot to work with this week with movesets and stuff. So very curious of what he decided on to uh, tell you guys. Well, yeah, it's funny because Golduck isn't typically thought of as a top tier Pokemon in most, most formats, but Golduck has a pretty strong niche in VGC, uh, 2017, mostly because of the introduction of Z moves. Um, the, the common set you see, and, and this fairly common set, and I'll, I'll do a, a less common one that was, that was submitted by someone else in the Slack channel. But, uh, the more common set you see, um, uh, was submitted by our, uh, someone in our Slack channel, uh, who's, handle is at Ivan or Yvonne for Spurs. Uh, this scent is designed to take advantage of Swift Swim. So you're always going to pair this with Gold or sorry, you're going to pair Golduck with Golduck. No, you're going to pair Golduck with Politoed or Pelipper, more likely Pelipper. Um, I could get into the reasons why, but that might be going too deep into about like move pools between the various Pokemon. That's not really that important. Usually you see Pelipper and Golduck paired up. Pelipper comes in and it sets up the rain with its ability Drizzle, which triggers Golduck's ability Swift Swim, which doubles its speed as long as it's raining. The nature is going to be modest uh, to maximize the special attack, and then the EVs are going to be 252 in special attack and speed with the remaining 4 in HP. The item is going to be Waterium Z. The moveset is Hydro Pump, Scald, Attacked, an ice beam. The reason this gets a lot of play is because of the ludicrous strength of a of the water Z move that's based on hydro pump in the rain, um, and because uh, Golduck has Swift Swim, it is going to outspeed everything, um, barring increased priority moves like Fake Out or you know Bullet Punch or something. If it hits something neutrally, it's probably going to kill it. it it's, it's, I think it's something like, um, I don't remember what the base power actually is, but it's a ludicrous base power um, combining all of those factors. Uh, and because you're making it modest and investing so much in special attack, uh, it's, it's an incredibly strong opening move. And then you usually have Pelipper 
use something like Tailwind to set up for the rest of your team, or more commonly, Hurricane, since you've set up the range, so Hurricane's accuracy is 100%, and you can hit the Pokemon that Golduck isn't uh, one-shotting. It's not perfect, though. You do run into problems with some pretty common Pokemon, uh, namely the duo of Tapu Koko and Gastrodon is going to give you a lot of trouble because Gastrodon with Storm Drain is just going to take that Z-move regardless of which Pokemon you chose because Storm Drain activates even if you aren't targeting Gastrodon directly uh, and it's immune and it just takes the, the attack and then Tapu Koko resists flying, so it resists Hurricane, uh, and then it's just going to use Discharge, and it's Discharge won't hit Gastrodon, and then it'll be super effective against both your Pokemon. So that's, a, if you're looking at the team preview, and you see those two, you know, that's one to look out for. The benefit, though, is that barring that duo um, and some other, like, direct checks or counters, uh, you can one-shot, like, most Pokemon, you if you dodge a fake out, or you know if you if you avoid, you know if you're if you know the opponent posing Pokemon don't have fake out, um, you can pretty much guarantee a one at KO on on a threat you're worried about, which is very nice. The other set I'm gonna feature two set Travis. <laughs> well, I mean, just because that one's pretty standard, I thought I would show one that wasn't quite as standard, a little more creative. So that's coming from Pokemon of the, or sorry. Uh, yeah, so we've, we've featured sets from uh, Professor Almeida before. Uh, this is another one of their sets, and this is a, a physical variant uh, with the Cloud9 ability instead, uh, which is another strong ability, which we'll get to in a second. The nature is going to be Jolly with 252 EVs in attack, speed, and 4 in HP. The item is going to be Assault Vest, which, for those unfamiliar, is an item that increases the special defense of a Pokemon, uh, but prevents it from using any moves that aren't damage dealing so for instance you couldn't put protect or toxic on a pokemon with assault vest well you could but you couldn't use those moves uh, but the trade-off is that you get an increase to your special defense and then the move set is going to be waterfall shadow claw facade and brick break facade is in there if you uh, end up getting paralyzed poisoned etc um, and you can sort of punish the opponent for doing that to your Golduck, and then the other moves are either Stab in the case of Waterfall, or are for type coverage in the case of Shadow Claw. And Brick Break. Cloud9 is a very strong ability against certain teams, namely teams that rely on the effects of weather, because Cloud9 nullifies all of those effects as long as Golduck uh, is on the field. So if your team has a strong weakness against weather teams, you might want to sub one of your Pokemon out for a Golduck, or I think also... Um, is it... I'm trying to think of what Alola Pokemon gets Cloud9 as well. It might be Drampa. It might be Drampa's hidden ability. Regardless, uh, so a Pokemon with Cloud9 helps out in those situations because you can stop abilities like Swift Swim or uh, Slush Rush or Sand Rush or it is Sand Veil. Or, it is Drampa? Did I yep. call it? Sweet. Yep. Yeah, so Cloud9 um, prevents those sort of ridiculous speed boosts or the annoying uh, uh, evasion increases as in the case with the snow cloak and sand veil um, and just generally nullifies all the other effects of weather too so those are the two sets for Golduck. Uh, surprisingly useful pokemon especially with that first set uh, in the vgc 2017 format there you go use some gold ducks put them in a master ball and use them well what we say here 
For Golduck being a Gen 1 Pokemon, not a lot of trivia or anything based off it. That's a little disappointing. Uh, Golduck, along with Psyduck, has appeared in every regional Pokedex. So that's that's something. Apparently the Pokemon company really, really, likes, interesting. really likes those two. Uh, Golduck's appearance has the aspects of a duck, platypus, and kappa. Wait, that's not true. It, because it doesn't appear in the... Unova Pokedex. It might appear in the ah. new, in, in, like the new Unova Pokedex. It, it, that doesn't it, count. It does say uh, it appears in black and white too. Like, yeah, so it's not in the it's not in the Unova regional Pokedex. It's hey, only there like the few years after. You correct Bulbapedia. Okay. I would sp- I was. I guess they're saying it's like in every region, right? Yeah. 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 They're kind of cheating. Right, because black and white two is the same region. It's just black and white didn't have old Pokemon until the sequel. Well, no, black and white did have old Pokemon, just not part of the regional Pokedex. Like after you, oh right, after you beat it, then yeah, then they would appear. Correct in White Forest or Black City. No, No, there are no Pokemon in Black. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. But but not even that. Once you got past Opelucid City and, and right, beat the game, right. and when you got to the more eastern parts of the region, then they had older right. Pokemon show up. Uh, Golduck also has a disappointing shiny of just being darker blue. And, instead of a yellow tannish beak, it's more of a reddish pinkish beak that it has. How cool would like a peach colored Golduck would be? Way I think cooler. Be really cool. Yeah, way cooler than this. It's a bit disappointing, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it's more Kappa based than, than I know. I can't, I thought Kappas were Aren't like Kappas more traditionally green. illustrated as being green. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. so. Too. That would have been better too, but who knows? You know, they always seem to mess up shinies. Yeah. Kappas are more green. At least that's what Wikipedia is saying. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess that is our show for this week. A little bit of house cleaning before we wrap up. Um, last show of 2016. Depending on... Actually, next week should be fine for an episode because I've out, I have off all week. The following week, I'll be out of town. So hopefully, I can sit down with you guys before I'm gone for the weekend and uh, we can put an episode together. Uh, so we stay on schedule. I feel like we've been really hitting schedule besides this week, but that was Christmas hidden schedule for the last couple months longer than that but uh just so you guys know should be everything should be okay for next week and then the following week i'm out of town so uh it'll either be a little bit before a little bit after and five days left of the end of the year by the time you're listening to this probably four days but if you haven't done so already please uh leave us a review in itunes i think we only need like 29 more reviews to go to get to 700 so if you haven't done so already, That's unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. So uh, thank you to everyone who left us a review. Like I said, we only need like 29 more to get to 700 reviews, and we would really like to hit that milestone. And if you want to go further uh, than that and you want to support us on Patreon, uh, I don't want to sound like a shill or anything, but I just putting it out there because uh, uh, if you do support us on Patreon, you get access to our Slack community, which has over 300 members in it. And they're all really great, really nice people, and they're super talkative. And yeah, I mean, if you're not into if you're not into I IRC chats, IRC, I guess the C is chat, so that doesn't make any sense. But 
if if you're not into that, if you're not into chatting, that's cool too. Uh, but patreon.com slash it's super effective, or you can just go to pokemonpodcast.com and hit support. And yeah, I think that that is our show for you guys. Uh, anything else, you two? Uh, oh, no. I, I've got to go visit the ATM machine. So let's get yeah. going. The old with your, uh, <laughs> with your personal identification number. <laughs> or yeah. no, your pin number. I did the joke wrong. Yeah. You oh, did. <laughs> wow. You are terrible. Ruining? I did the joke wrong. Show me your ID identification, Travis. I don't believe yeah. it's you. <laughs> uh, Wait, that... why do we say ID if identification is one word? Identification Whoa. document. Is that really what it is? Possibly. Hmm. <laughs> well, uh, mm. is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> no, don't do no, it. It's not even related at all. It's just Go like away. another. Yeah. 2016, don't destroy another program. <laughs> well, uh, thank you guys. Have a safe and happy new year. Uh, we'll be back in 2017 stronger than ever. I don't know. That is just something corny to say. Uh, we'll be back next year with some more podcasts and stuff. But have a safe and uh, happy new year. Thank you so much for listening and making it through uh, 2016 with us. Travis is at the Travis W on Twitter. Will is at Washing the Sink. I am at Dragging a Lake on Twitter. And you can follow the podcast Twitter at Pokemon Podcast. Otherwise, this has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast. And we are super effective. Super Melly Kaliki Makas. Also really appreciate the after the credits thing of the last episode where where you told Jin that he had to um say uh it's super effective or else I would get mad because I was mad until I heard that post credits thing. Here you go. Do you like motorcycles, card games, explosions, board games, Mexican food, video games, music, cats, the weird and the unusual, wrestling? Go check out hashtag Drunk on Tacos over at drunkontacos.com or on Facebook, facebook.com slash drunkontacos or even on Instagram at at sign because that's how Instagram works like Twitter. Uh, drunk on Tacos, all the same thing. Drunkontacos.com. If you like that stuff, they are a proud supporter of It's Super Effective and we thank them for their patronage. <laughs>